Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with a bald faced truth. He was the hero on Saturday night. I was in Fresno, but when Jack Coletto was behind the offensive line, I had no doubt he was going to score. You probably did at home. Jack Coletto. Tell us what it was like for you to be on that field. Plays called. Uh, you get in the end zone, you win the game. You don't get in the end zone, you lose the game. What are you thinking situationally there? I was thinking get in the end zone and win the game so you can enjoy <laughs> the rest of the night. <laughs> were, were you surprised with Jonathan Smith, Coach Smith's decision to, to, to bring the field goal unit back off or on, or what were you thinking at that time? Um... Well, when they brought him on, I was like, yeah, I think we could get him overtime. Then they called timeout, and he's like, nope, let's get the offense up. And I kind of laughed a little bit. Like, that's pretty funny. And so, no, I mean, we were on the two-yard line. I, I honestly thought we could have punched it in. And then they called timeout and switched up the play call. And like, as soon as I got out there and lined up, I was like, okay, I mean, we have, we have a good chance here. And turned in our favor. Yeah, earlier in the game, you had a short-yarded situation where you guys ran the ball and you kind of went, more up into that a gap was that the original call and then you guys checked out into something else you guessed it it's pretty good yeah <laughs> exactly what it was because I'm, I'm just putting myself in the defense's shoes because they had to be thinking right. okay here it comes we've seen this before but at, you know when you line up and you saw the defensive look they gave you you know you had to think you had a good shot well it's funny because when they we first went out there and we had the same formation and the same play and they called timeout. I knew they were just going to try and adjust and line up to that. And so that's when uh, I was talking to Smith and Mahalchuk. I was like, well, we need to switch up the call so they can't just scheme us up for this play. And so then we ended up switching up the, the entire call. And I think it, I don't know if it completely messed them up, but it, I think it did enough to give me a shot to get in the end zone. Give us that feeling as a team because, you know, you get into the end zone, you jump up, you throw the ball to the official or hand the ball to the official, and then, then it's kind of bedlam on the field. That that emotion and that feeling, many of us have not been there. What was that celebration like? Uh, I don't even remember. It was all a blur. <laughs> I mean, he's got a touchdown, and you just start going nuts. You start doing things you don't even remember doing or you don't <laughs> think you could do. And Yeah. I mean, the best way I could describe it is just the blur. When you were a kid, did you uh, did you you know play in the street? Did you did you go down the hallway and pretend to score the winning touchdown? Uh, did you have moments like that? Oh gosh, I can't even tell you how many times I've like done that in my head when I was a little kid. Which is kind of crazy to think when you have those visions and dreams when you're eight, nine years old, and for them to come to fruition. Shoot, how old am I again? Oh, yeah, it's about 15 years later. <laughs> You, yeah. you are uh, you are you come out of Camas High School. For people who don't know, you you were on a really good Camas team that you know went to a state title, fourteen and zero. 
uh, Seattle Times Player of the Year, Gatorade Player of the Year in Washington, uh, but you did it at a, at kind of a, a multitude of positions. Like you, at your stats, you threw for like 20, 2,800 yards. You rushed for another 1,200 yards, 20 touchdowns. Were you going to be a quarterback? Were you going to be a running back? What was the plan? Oh, my plan all along was to be a quarterback, and I actually was pretty stubborn about it, and which was part of the reason I ended up going uh, to junior college. And fortunately enough, it got me to where I'm at right now at Oregon State, but the, it just came a time when the door started to close a little too much on me, and I, you know, I was like, well, I probably should start to be open to seeing what else I could do to contribute and get on the field because, honestly, that's really all I care about is just getting out and playing. Yeah, you are getting on the field, though. I mean, for for people who don't know, you're like the modern-day Gordy Lockbaum. Do you do you remember Gordy Lockbaum before your time? That was before my time. Well, I I remember Gordy. He was a he was, like he was essentially doing what you're doing now. And you know, I I had Pat Hill, the Fresno State coach, at the game. He was the former Fresno State coach. He was he came by and he said that guy's like Gordy Lockbaum. And, you know, what does that feel like to you? Because you've probably been doing that your whole life. You've been playing both ways your whole life and on the field your whole life. No, I mean, I haven't really, like, really embraced or adapted playing multiple positions. I feel like a lot of athletes who get recruited tend to play multiple sports and multiple positions on their team, usually because they're the you know, the best athlete on the team. But I didn't really start adopting it till. Really, I got at Oregon State and uh, switched positions because I was really adamant about playing quarterback at the next level. Give me an idea of how your experience at quarterback helps you now as, you know, because you were kind of talking about the play call. That's almost a quarterback mentality. You don't get a lot of running backs who are like, hey, let's switch up the play call. Has that benefited you or helped you to, as far as, uh, you know, making run calls? It's almost like a quarterback, a quarterback mentality. You still have it. Yeah, I mean, that's one way of putting it. I don't know. It's just when I get out there and my, I just analyze and see what they're trying to do and try to think through how they're going to try and beat me or how they're going to try and attack me and see if I can kind of mess with them a little bit in regards to that. And I just always try to find ways to get an advantage to what they're trying to do. We're talking to Jack Coletto, linebacker, running back, Oregon State. You saw him on Saturday night. The the mentality of this team, uh, you guys are very mature. You got guys like you and Jaden Grant who have been around a while. How does that benefit you when you get into close games? Oh, the leadership and the experience is. I mean, you can't you can't replace it. There's no substitute for experience. And when we're on the sideline, things weren't really going our way, or we were down a little bit. I don't really think anyone batted an eye, and it wasn't really anywhere that we didn't know how to handle because we've been there before. And Kushner talks about this a lot as well as the team being player-led. And the guys have kind of taken the reins by the horse and started to run with the, you know, the dream and the vision and this program. And it's been – and honestly, it's like when you have player-led teams like this, that makes it ten times more enjoyable and fun because we feel like we're the ones in control of our destiny. Jack, you know, it, this is a team that I think has got a real chance to compete at a level that we haven't seen at Oregon State in a while. What does that feel like to you, given what you have been through, even at your time at Oregon State, coming in, you know, as a, in 2018, you know, really as, you know, a, a quarterback, and now you're on the field as a linebacker and a short yardage back here as a, uh, as a, as a senior. 
what does that feel like to you to to have a shot to like like you guys can write your story this season? Yeah, I mean, all I have to say is about time. There's a lot of work and a lot of uh, adversity that this program and the players have had to go through to get to this point. But to see it unfold and develop the way it has, it's it makes it that much more enjoyable. Because when you go to a program and they're already successful and the standards are already there, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's enjoyable to win and stuff like that. But when you can take a program and completely turn it around and develop it into something special, I believe it's that much more enjoyable to be a part of it. You get back to the locker room on Saturday night. You pick up your cell phone. Uh, what does it look like notification-wise? <laughs> I don't even know, man. It was, oh, God, it was bad. I turned it off. I talked to my dad, talked to my mom, <laughs> family, and I just I was like, I don't even know how to navigate this thing. It was, it was nuts. I, I think it's great, though. I mean, and I think it's such a good story. Uh, I found myself checking out jackhammercoletto.com for people who want to get the jackhammer uh, apparel. Uh, how, what was the genesis of that? Because people can buy shirts, they can buy hats. Like, what, what made you decide, hey, this is, this is something we want to do? I just think there's an opportunity and a market there, and it's an opportunity for me to build something and kind of start to venture into the entrepreneurial side of things, which is something that I've always been interested in doing. And it's just trying to take advantage of the opportunity. But at the same time, doing it and thinking about it and talking with family, I ultimately didn't really want to make it about myself either. So that's why I'm big on, like, doing the donation that I'm doing and creating a team around me because, to be honest, I don't really care about the money for, for sorts. I just care more about building something that's memorable. You're giving 25% of the proceeds to the Wounded Warrior Project. Why does that speak to you? I just don't think there's anything more noble or admirable about people who willingly sacrifice their lives and the well-beings of their family to defend what we have. And to be able to contribute to people who have made those sacrifices and lost a lot during the process, I just felt like it was the right thing to be able to give back to those people. Jack Coletto with us. Uh, in high school, you played ba basketball and baseball as well as football. Do you miss basketball and baseball? I didn't, did I play? No, I don't think I played basketball. That's what it says on Oregon OSU Beavers .com, says lettered in basketball and baseball. So, uh, not true. I don't know what information. <laughs> <laughs> did you play baseball? I did play baseball for the first half of it. My last two years, I ended up just focusing on football. Good stuff. So, Good stuff. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up playing baseball and with my friends and going on uh, slick baseball tournaments, which was definitely fun. I mean, we cared more about the hotel pool than actually playing the game. <laughs> but, Did those other sports help you in football? I believe so. I mean, it's just the different movement patterns and different skill sets that you develop, and also just the whole aspect of competing and playing as a team. All that important and a bunch of different sports help develop those things you so. started as a mechanical engineering major are you still doing that are you graduating what's going on i finished that up in the spring after several headaches later i finally <laughs> finally got through and finished it give us an idea of you know football is so different i think than mechanical engineering or is it um I kind of take the same approach for both of them. That's just kind of the way I like to learn. I'm a visual and a 
I'm a visual type of learner, and I just kind of like to see the process and how everything works and fits together. And it, I believe it does translate from engineering to also football as well. Because when you see how everything fits together on the football field, you kind of start to understand why people tend to do things. This so. team, this season, you know, you'll get a game as close to Camus as you can possibly get as a college football player. You're going to get to play a game in Portland. What does that mean to you guys uh, coming up on Saturday night, Montana State, Providence Park? You're probably going to have your family there, your brother there. What does that mean to you? I mean, fortunate enough for me, my family goes to all the home games that I'm in. And so it'll be a, a shorter drive for my family. So I'm pretty sure they appreciate that a lot. But I think it's, it'll be a really cool venue for people to come and see and more exposure for us and another opportunity to compete. So I'm excited for it. Give me an idea of, uh, you know, do you have a personal goal for the season? Do you have a team goal you want to share? I mean, win <laughs> one week at a time. Then I, I mean, I tend to be more of a process-oriented process person, and I believe if we focus every single week, if we just work towards winning the game that week, all, everything will kind of start to come to place for us. And I just, I don't think it's beneficial for us to tend to look too far into the future, especially with the season going and we have stuff right in front of us. So we'll see. I think the sky's the limit for this team. Jack Coletto with us, linebacker, running back, uh, uh, all-purpose guy at Oregon State. When people ask you what position you play, what do you say? Like somebody says, oh, they don't know you, and they're like, oh, you play football? What position do you play? What, what's your easy answer? I laugh. I say it's complicated. <laughs> I like that. Exactly. I like that. Uh, it, all right. I'll just say that may give me a weird look. Yeah. No, but it is. It is kind of complicated, isn't it? Like, you know, I, I kind of look at you. You know what I was thinking on the goal line there? I was thinking, uh, I saw you, I think it was last year, year before, I can't remember which. You did a little, you know, you guys run some short yardage. You did a little jump pass thing. I think you got it. I think it was intercepted. But I was kind of, I kind of thought, oh, are they going to resurrect that little pass play? But then as, as, you're, as you're powering into the end zone, uh, off right tackle, I'm like, you know, no, that's a lot better. That's a better play right there. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about what, uh, that jump pass play. Call that one Bruno. You don't talk about it, right? Exactly. All right, give us exactly. a, give us an idea. Away from football, give us one thing Jack Coletto does that, you know, will help humanize you a little bit. We know about you as a mechanical engineer, Camus High School, all that stuff. You got the apparel line. But what else are you doing besides football in life? Um, eating, like, a lot of food. I love food. It's your go-to. Uh, What's your go-to food? Gosh, so mood depending. I mean, if we're if I were to want something right now, because I mean it's not super hot outside, it's becoming fall. Um, my family makes a family recipe uh, spaghetti sauce, <laughs> and I've uh, I've got that recipe down pretty good. So I would not be opposed to having that right about now. I love that man. When I went to college, Jack, my grandmother, my Italian grandmother, said, "You're going to learn to make this sauce." She taught us all the grandkids how to make the sauce. Um, and we still, to this day, she's passed away years ago. We all make the sauce. Everybody makes the same sauce. Oh, gosh, that's crazy, because uh, my grandma taught me as well. It's a gift. And, you know, all, all the family members, you all fight to see who makes the best one, but to be honest, I think I make the best one. Ask, hey, tell me with this, because I, I feel like we, we all do a good job with it, but there's nothing like grandma's sauce, is there? 
No, everybody says that. She she makes it pretty darn good. She's got it down. But I like I think I got it down pretty well too cuz I mean I just tried to do exactly what she does. I know. I've tried it, but there's something I don't know because she didn't measure. It would be like a pinch of this, a dash of that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? She just she just shows me in her hand this much that. Yes. Like this much purple. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I could see that." Yep. And so then you kind of start to play with it, but that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> your grandma's exactly the same. The Italian grandmas uh, are are the are the winners out there. Uh, Jack Coletto, hey, congrats to you guys. It was a lot of fun to see you guys. Keep it going. Uh, I know you got a lot of uh, a lot of fans, a lot of young fans in particular, and I know that means a lot to you. For people who want to check out uh, the apparel line, it's JackhammerColetto.com. Check it out. If you want, if you need a onesie or a hat, sweatshirt, he's got you covered. And the Wounded Warrior Project is a big winner in the process. Jack Coletto, good luck to you this week. We'll get you back on later in the season. So thank you, man. Great. Thanks for having me. I absolutely adore that interview. And you know why. Every Italian listening to this show, every, every, everybody who's ever had a grandmother, I don't care if you're Italian or, or what, everybody's ever had a grandmother give them a recipe, you know. Leave it here. You got the bald-faced truth statewide. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano. Peter Sampson is up next with The Pulse from 6 to 7 on 750 The Game. I rather enjoyed talking to uh, Jack Coletto about his grandmother's pasta sauce. Anna has popped into the studio. What would you think of Jack Coletto? I just thought, what a mature kid. I mean, I think of all these football players as kids, and um, I just think he had a lot to say. It was really interesting to listen to him talk and, you know, walk us through what was going through his mind, and it, it's just great to learn more about him. I, I do a lot of um, self-scouting on this show, and I go back and I listen to parts of the show that I think need work or parts of the show that, you know, I could do better at and – and I have some other people that that give me some feedback on that as they as they listen to the show. And um, I love the interviews in the show. I also love when you come on. That was a point of emphasis that we talked. I'm not just saying that because you're here, <laughs> but it, we were talking. I was talking with somebody last night who who does some of that scouting of the show, like football teams self scout. And I was asking about Stephen and Sean, like you know the in, input of them and how they fit and how yeah. different they are. I like that Stephen and Sean are different ages. I'm going to pretend like they're not listening right now. Yeah. They're different ages. They have different backgrounds. You know, Steven's more of the gambler. He's got family. He's got kids. You got Sean over here. He's on Tinder. I don't know what else he does during the day, but he's just swiping all day long. And then they come to the show. They have different perspectives. And then you come on. I like that you can bring kind of a different perspective. You're not like a crazy sports fan. Yeah. But you get people. And I was really curious to see what you thought of Coletto's interview and, and for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I just, he's so easy to listen to. It makes me want to learn more about him. Um, I love what he had to say about his support for, you know, wounded warriors. There's just, there's a depth about him that makes me want to know more about his family and how he was raised. I love that he's a local kid. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I hope to hear more from him. Well, we'll get him back on the show. And, you know, if I were him, because we have Jaden Grant on Thursdays. We do Jamba Thursdays with Jaden Grant. Uh, I think we should have a Jack Coletto-like Pasta Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> pasta Tuesday. Hey, a pizza pasta cooking with Jack Coletto. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, 
a little bit of that. Dave in Longview has a question. Dave, welcome. What's your question? Hey, thank you, John. Anna, have you ever talked with Lars about living in Taiwan? I have, yes. Very early that would on. That be great radio. I realize that. Dave, is this a sports question or what are we doing? Geography today? Well, What's going on? I couldn't get on yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm well, a yeah. big Beaver fan. That's where I went to school. Okay. Did you hear Jack Coletto? What would you think of that? I did. I loved it. Get him on weekly. Yep, see? Uh, weekly or bi-weekly? Oregon State's people reached out to me immediately after the interview. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, you know, we need to have him on more often. <laughs> Especially if the jackhammer keeps getting in the end zone. Right. I don't know. Steven, Sean, what'd you think? He's well, very, you know, I have, to address, yeah. I have to address one thing. So the quality, <laughs> the, the, the first thing you think of when you think of me is the, the Tinder swiping. It's not, oh, you know, like this guy is good. This guy has good sports takes. Oh, you know, maybe he offers a different perspective on Oregon football. He went to Oregon. None, none of that, just the Tinder swiping, huh? <laughs> I just, look, I was just trying to give you a hard time. That's part of the It's just our daily passage. check. It's our daily Twitter mention as it relates Tinder. to Sean. Tinder. Right. Once a day. Yeah. You said Twitter. Oh, Tinder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We just, you know, once a Tinder. day, we got to check the box. Yeah. Uh, hey, look. Check. I like it. Yeah, because you went to Oregon, and, you know, Stephen's got the experience of having played basketball in college, so I think I think we got to, you know. Yeah, I mean, Stephen's got, like, the basketball, the Blazers kind of stuff covered. Sean, you know, we can talk to him about tennis, track and field, Tinder, and. All the, uh, the T's. And, and being a Duck fan. There, it there is. you go. Yeah, Stephen, what'd you think of Coletto? Coletto, he uh, he's very easy to root for. Like that's what I came across. You know, just watching him on the field, the way he plays, and then you listen to him in the interview, very easy to root for. And uh, you know, you meant, you talked about you know his gear. Uh, so my uncle, my, I had my ten year anniversary a couple days ago, and my uncle officiated our wedding. Big B fan. He's from Camas, so that was a gift I bought him was a Coletto shirt. And it, was be- it was before the Fresno State touchdown, so. I feel like I was a little before the curve on that one. Look at you. Bought that stock. Yeah. You should have bought them. You should have bought all the shirts off the site. And then resold them. (laughs) What's the the resale market on that? (laughs) Uh, that It it was interesting. I reached out to the, uh, whoever is running that website for jackhammercoletto.com. I reached out to them. It's a guy named Brian. Uh, Brian or Brian, I think. Uh, And he told me, I said, what was the traffic? on the website like after Saturday night's game. He said on Sunday they had 3,000 shoppers on the website. He said that is three times their best day ever, and their best day ever was the day they launched. So they had 3,000 people trying to get a onesie or a hat. or <laughs> Wait, a, they sell onesies? They sell onesies on there. Oh, that's cool. Or, or like a, you know, a, a jackhammer hat or a T-shirt or whatnot. So... Uh, you know, credit to him. It's entrepreneurial. I like it. You know, uh, we talked to DJ Johnson at Oregon at Pac-12 Media Day, and he, he's got a business, too. He's he's like breeding dogs. Like, I, I think we should do a whole, like, entrepreneur episode and bring on all the different ducks, beavers, Vikings, whoever's, whoever's doing business. Well, I think it's fascinating because, you know, before, as fans, what do you do to support the team? You go to the games. You buy some gear you know, through the duck store, the beaver store, whatever, and you can support that way. But it's like, it's the idea that you can support these kids and their entrepreneurial dreams directly, you know, by purchasing their merchandise like that. I think that's a whole positive twist to the NIL thing 
that uh, that it, that it is intriguing. There's NIL done wrong. Like we've seen examples nationally of players who are getting a car or whatnot, and they haven't even played a game yet, and they're on campus. It's evident that you know there there's some painting outside the lines going on sure. in this world. Yeah. But when I look at kind of what Jack Coletto's doing with his own website, giving 25% to the Wounded Warrior Project, and he's literally just selling apparel that's got his nickname on it. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the spirit of the game. This yeah. is what it was supposed to be. And and it, I think for those of us who can remember a time when college athletes couldn't think of earning outside of their scholarship, I think I wish more people kind of took this route versus the uh, the whole idea of I'm going to get a pickup truck and some walking around money and I'm, you know, it, it just seems like it's done wrong in a lot of places. Well, and the, the additional layer to that um, that I'm very interested in within the next few years as NIL develops is how much character matters, right? Because, like, the interviews that these players do, the persona that they are displaying on social media, the things they talk about, who they are, 360, not just who they are on the field, I think that will play uh, an even larger role in the years to come, you know, as as people decide whether they want to go buy merchandise, you know, from that player and support their brand. Coletto's just such a unique player. You know, he's just like, you know, the reason he can brand himself is just because he's, he's so unique. Like, he couldn't even name his position. And, you know, here the Beavers are. And I, I gained so much respect for Jonathan Smith for what he did, the, the chess that he was playing with Jeff Tedford on Saturday night. The Beavers, you know, from the three-yard line, every other team would probably roll out, look to throw it. The Beavers just give the ball to Jack Coletto and ask him to win the game, you know? And I think that's the spirit of NIL. That's, you know, like Jack Coletto is just such, such a unique commodity. I'm not sure Oregon has a player like that right now. Um, that, you know, fans just fall in love with. I think Sabrina Ionescu was that way. I think, you know, maybe Justin Herbert. But, like, Jack Coletto, is, uh, he's just so unique, and I think that's why he's, he's really successful at this NIL stuff. Do you guys think that that's going to be more common, that players won't be as defined by their position and that, you know, the broader range that they have as a player will make them more valuable to the teams they play I, on? I think he is an outlier. And I think it is a circumstance thing at Oregon State because you think about when, how he came in. You know, he goes to community college out of Camas High School mm -hmm. because he wanted to play quarterback. He said, I am a quarterback. I need to go play quarterback. And the only place he could go was go to community college. So he goes to Arizona to play community college. And then Oregon State, which was amid a massive downturn, takes him as a quarterback mm -hmm. and gets him in the door. And I think the only reason why – Jack Coletto has been able to play linebacker and running back, short yardage running back, is because when Jonathan Smith got there, I think the cupboard was bare. And I think there was a real need. And they were looking around going, hey, uh, we got to MacGyver this. And they found MacGyver in uniform. And they were like, hey, we could use that guy. We can use him on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, Sean, you make that point about Jonathan Smith playing chess with Jeff Tedford. I thought it was really interesting and I'm going to ask Jonathan Smith this tomorrow when he comes on the show. He comes on every week on Wednesdays. Um, you know, it was interesting that Jack Coletto said that during that timeout, the original play call was supposed to go right up the middle through the A-gap, mm -hmm. just to the side of the center. It was a play that they ran earlier in the game when they needed a couple yards. Uh, Fresno State had lined up, and Coletto said he 
mentions to Jonathan Smith, we should change the play here. <laughs> They're lined up in a way where there's, there's a better way to do this. Now, it's the mechanical engineer in Jack Coletto that is speaking there. He is figuring out something. He's looking, going, hey, there's an easier way to do this. And they went off right tackle and caved in the entire side of the de uh, Fresno State defense, and it was a very easy score. I think you got to give Jonathan Smith some credit because there's a lot of coaches in major college football that I don't think would listen to a player in that circumstance because it's their job to win the game. It's my job to make the play call. But I think Jonathan Smith, there's something about his ability to kind of go, You want we want to be a team-led team. we got a player who's telling me something, giving me some input, and I think he changed the play because of Jack Coletto. Well, and the Jackhammer even said in the interview, you know, he's a visual guy. So he visualized what it was, like you just said. And I do think it does take a lot of trust with John Smith, but I also think that Coletto has earned that trust, right? Like he has sacrificed for the team. He always wanted to be quarterback, but you know what? He realized, oh, I can't be a quarterback at this level. And now he does everything on the team. So I think he's, I think, I think it's interesting that he's earned the trust of Jonathan Smith so much that he's willing to listen to him and change the play. And to Anna's point of, you know, Putting people in a box of position, I think in the in the best case scenario, yeah, you would love to have people not put people in a box, but that just kind of happens anyway, like in the world. So I think it goes along with sports. Like we have these positions that don't necessarily even matter, but since they've been around for so long, we're going to put people in the box for that. Gordy Lockbaum played at Holy Cross. He played both ways. He got Heisman Trophy votes. Um, Oregon State would have to have some success, but Jack Coletto's their MVP. Like, you know, apologies to Chance Nolan. Jack Coletto is the most valuable player to Oregon State right now. He plays both ways. He's on the field in key positions. And, you know, he had, you know, that 40-plus yard touchdown run in week one. He scored the game-winning touchdown in week two. Um, I do think he covers up some deficiencies that I think we should address here. Oregon State, when it's third down in six or more, it's hard for Oregon State right now. Mm-hmm. Chance Nolan, I don't think it's all on him. I think the receivers at Oregon State are a little shaky. That receiver position group isn't strong. Fresno State, I noticed this last week, and I can't be alone in noticing this. When Fresno State was in third and long, Jake Hayner could do it. He had the receivers to do it. It wasn't, you know, you had a chance. Mm -hmm. When Oregon State got in third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, it was really, uh, it really felt dire. And I, I'm concerned about that. And I think Coletto's presence, because he takes fourth down and one, third down and two, he takes those situations and he makes them look very easy. They're not easy situations because the defense is geared to stop you and not give you a yard, not give you two yards. I, I think the long-term success of Oregon State isn't going to be, even though he's the MVP through two weeks, it's going to be the receiving group. They've got to get better. They've got to be able to get separation. They've got to be able to make plays. It can't just be Jack Coletto, Luke Musgraves, Chance Nolan on offense. You're going to need Anthony Gold. They're going to need, uh, you know, Treshawn Harrison. They're going to need some other guys to be more consistent and more dangerous. But it goes back to that point that I was talking about, John, is that Jonathan Smith obviously has trust in Jack Coletto. I don't know that he necessarily trusts, you know, Deshaun Fenwick, who had a nice game. Does he trust him to get that one yard? Or does he trust Chance Nolan to make the right play in that situation? to get that touchdown. I don't know that he necessarily does yet. You're right. They're going to have to have some spot, but whether it is against USC in week four or someone else where they make these type of plays to earn that trust to get Oregon State to the next level. Because I will say, Jack Leto sounds very confident in the team. 
and it seems like Oregon State doesn't want to get too ahead of themselves, but they are very confident in the skill level of this team, and they think that they can do a lot of good things this year. I also, after that game-winning touchdown, I was I was up in the press box, and I was looking down at the field, and the Beavers coaches immediately after the touchdown headed for the elevator, okay, because they wanted to go down and celebrate. Mm-hmm. I walked out into the hallway and intercepted Brian Lindgren, the offensive coordinator, and I said to him, I looked him in the eye, I said, nice call. And he kind of looked at me. He didn't really say anything back. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he made the call based upon what we just heard from Jack Coletto and Lindgren's reaction in the box. He kind of said, like, nodded at me. Like, he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. But I now that I've heard Jack Coletto talk about it, I kind of think Jack Coletto called that play, like, 100%. And that, you know, it may have been Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren going, hey, should we go for it, whatnot. But I w- I'm going to ask Jonathan Smith when he comes on tomorrow, kind of take us through that sequence. Because everybody keeps saying it was a chess game. I actually don't think it was a chess game. I think it was more like checkers. And I think Jack Coletto just went, hey, here's the move, guys. There's like a triple jumper here. And everybody listened to him. And if that's true, if he's, you know, was the idea guy behind that, how reinforcing for him as a player. Like, we've all been there where we've had bosses who – it, like, like in words, said, oh, I believe in you. I have confidence in you. But really, they just micromanaged the crap out of you and drove yes. you crazy and never gave you the opportunity to, you know, make the important decision when it counted. And so, you know, that's – I'm fascinated to know if that is the case. I want to hear that from Jonathan Smith because if that is the case, like – what a great managerial skill as a head coach to instill confidence in your player that way. 100%. I think it's a, that's a great way to put it. I think we could all learn from it. Parents could learn from it. Bosses could learn from it. Because, like, you can say, oh, I believe in you, but your actions always speak louder than words, right? I'll ask Jonathan Smith tomorrow. Leave it here. You got the BFT. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.